This is the Radioactive Summer Break, and I'm Laura Jones. Coming up, a mashup of community amplified and music discovery. It is the KRCL way. Housing is on my mind this hour. Rob Westman, co-chair of the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness, will talk about the coalition's call for more permanent supportive housing. And he's got two numbers with which he needs our help, 450 and 300. Those are the numbers of beds, respectively, that the coalition wants to add for first, permanent supportive housing units, and secondly, flexible overflow beds within our system, serving the unsheltered in our community. We'll take that request to Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall this hour as well. And in fact, we're going to start with her pick for our Songs of Summer playlist. Well, I would like you to pull out a little bit of an oldie but a goodie uh, by Calexico, Corona, which wasn't written about the COVID-19 virus, but it, you know, I think it's, it's a great song. Anyway, it kind of gets you moving, which you know I like on my playlists. And um, my throw out to the community is please get vaccinated. We know that we, we understand from the outreach and the polling and the phone calls that all the partners have been doing, there's a lot of people out there who are still open to it. They have questions, they're legitimate questions. And guess what? There are answers to those questions please find a way to get vaccinated. You can do it on a lunch break, it's free. And we need you to so that our community can keep going, our economy can keep going, and most of all that we don't have to lose more people to this virus. Songs of Summer on the Radioactive Summer Break. Corona. I just put the first KRCL bumper sticker on my car. And now I'm sporting KRCL wherever I go. I officially am a part of the KRCL family. Hi, I'm Trina Baghumian, KRCL's new director of underwriting and special events. If you own or manage a local business, I would love to connect you with our listeners. With thousands of sets of ears tuned to our station each week, your message will reach folks who value and support Utah's local business community. Become a KRCL sponsor today. Email me at trinab at krcl.org. Welcome to the KRCL family, Trina. I'm Laura Jones, and you're listening to the Radioactive Summer Break. Last week, the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness called upon the community for support of more housing and overflow beds for the unsheltered. For what that might look like, I spoke with Coalition co-chair Rob Westman. We have been working over the past uh, couple of years um, to gain support for homeless service initiatives, to uh, broaden the reach of um, influence in terms of, I mean, we want to get local governments, business owners, the general public, anyone who is at all interested in helping provide solutions for homelessness. We want to have a place where we can work together and, you know, come up with both short and long-term strategies that we believe will be effective in helping reduce homelessness. And that was really one of the reasons for, you know, the release of the statement, um, talking about kind of some short-term solutions that we think, I mean, we know we need some additional flexible overflow beds. We've seen that over the past 
well, many years that we have an increase in need, certainly in the winter, but, but really year round. But what we're also trying to do is augment that with permanent solutions. So hence the, you know, 400 and something permanent supportive housing units, because that's really what was, you know, when the resource centers first came online, concurrently we were talking about access to affordable housing. So resource centers, folks would have a place to exit to a permanent destination of some sort. And um, the, the, the affordable housing has been, um, it's been difficult to access. There's probably not as much as we had hoped for. And so this is kind of a community request. Hey, we think this would be really effective. Um, and we want people to help. So the call that went out is for 450 permanent supportive housing units and the acquisition of at least 300 overflow beds, along with the funding to get this going right away. You're putting yeah. this out to the public, but you really need policymakers, elected officials to make it happen, it sounds like. Well, I think it can be all of the above, right? Like, like one of the things that we learned last year and when we talk about these, these flexible overflow units, we were able to, uh, with community partners, um, shift the use of some of the overflow beds from last winter into more permanent housing solutions. And those will come online fairly soon. And so that's really what we're looking at is as we, we still recognize the need for you know, flexible overflow units, but if we can start shifting the use of those into those permanent housing solutions, the hope is that we won't need these overflow units for too many more years because we'll have more permanent housing solutions and affordable housing to really move people out of resource centers and off the streets and into a permanent solution. This, this call that the coalition has issued comes on kind of on the heels of the Coalition of Religious Communities and their call to lawmakers to spend 20% of CARES Act money, of, of ARPA money, uh, American Recovery Plan Act money, that's coming to the Beehive State and get something done in a meaningful way. Is now the time with this one-time money coming our way to make this happen, Rob? I think it, it absolutely can help jumpstart some of these initiatives and some of these efforts. And so I, yes, I absolutely agree. Now's the time. What can the public do to help? Well, I think one thing is they can get involved and, you know, learn what inter what, uh, learn what's happening in the community. Unfortunately, I think a lot of times when folks witness individuals experiencing unsheltered homelessness, the assumption is that nothing is being done and we really want people to understand the approach that we're we're taking which is we really want to get people into permanent solutions um and it's it's challenging i mean it's not as easy as hey you need to go here and you need to go here we're working with folks who have been through a lot and we want to provide the appropriate interventions for those folks so i would encourage the community to get involved um you know, they can go to the endutahhomelessness.org website and see what's happening in Salt Lake, in the Salt Lake Valley, 
and they can get involved. We have, you know, all of our core function groups that talk about specific issues, crisis response, uh, legal rights and safety, et cetera. So there are many ways that people can get involved. And I think the other one is, you know, we're, we're looking for community partners who possibly have uh, properties. Do they have options for affordable housing that we can, you know, let's, let's talk about what are the possibilities in our communities. The CDC's eviction moratorium has been narrowed, but effectively extended another 60 days. Given the coalition's call here, I'm just curious if you feel like whew, we've got at least another 60 days before more folks are perhaps put into the shelter system. Yeah, we've been working. Um, there has been uh, rental assistance, some of that federally funded um, to help people maintain their housing throughout, you know, what has been pretty difficult for certain segments of our population. I mean, you know, we've had job losses and, and, you know, wage cuts and all those kinds of things. And so we're working really hard to keep folks in their units. And it's, we, we don't really know what's going to happen, to be honest. Yeah, the, the extension is, it's, it's helpful. And we want to make sure that we don't set everyone up for this you know, avalanche of evictions at the end. We're trying to help folks with rental assistance so that they can stay in their homes. Um, we have been working with property owners for that same thing. Like, what do we need to do to help prevent homelessness for these individuals? So, you know, we're working on both sides of that, increasing affordable housing, trying to make sure that people can stay in their units because um, we, we definitely don't want to see an, a, an onslaught of individuals in the resource center system. Rob Westman, co-chair of the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the coalition and the state of Utah's 2021 report on homelessness. Still to come this hour, I'll take the coalition's request to Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. Food security means that you know where your next meal is coming from. The Utah Food Bank helps hundreds of thousands of Utahns plan their next meal. To learn more about hosting a food drive virtually or at your office, visit utahfoodbank.org. Do you want to be heard? Yes, that's all I ever wanted. To serve a grand community of music listeners, local bands, and others for the benefit of youth, it's a definite responsibility. I can handle it. I work in retail. Then you should join us with the Loud and Clear Youth Radio Program. That's a lot of words. Join a group of teens all aiming towards a common goal, being heard. Sounds great to me. I'm making a LinkedIn profile as we speak. Our applications are due the 10th of September. I'm typing faster. Whether it's for fun, community, or job opportunities, find us online at spyhop.org. That's spyhop.org. That's a memorable website you got there. Loud and Clear. Be heard. I'm Laura Jones, and this is the Radioactive Summer Break. Community co-hosts will be back once our new studios are built. You can find more details on our website, krcl.org, where you can also catch up on past editions of the Radioactive Summer Break. 
In July, faith leaders set up tents outside the Salt Lake County Government Center to ask for new funding to reduce homelessness and increase affordable housing. They want just 20 percent of the $225 million coming to the county through the American Rescue Plan Act to build that housing. Last week, the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness called for community support of housing and overflow beds. And Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall, she agreed. I spoke with her late Friday over Zoom. Here's our conversation. Mayor Mendenhall, thanks for giving Radioactive some time today on this subject of housing. And we spoke earlier with Rob Westman of the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness about Mm -hmm. their call for more housing and overflow beds. And you came out after that and said, yes, I support it. But there were some buts. After it, Salt Lake City has done a lot of the heavy lifting for decades in our state when it comes to helping folks uh, transitioning through homelessness, um, the chronically unsheltered and more. So what exactly is it that you're calling for now as the head of the capital city? You're right. It's not as simple as a headline, um, but homelessness isn't. So that's okay. And I just I think it's worth saying from the start here that I see more reason to be hopeful and to be bold about ways that we can address the many systems that contribute to individuals experiencing homelessness from mental health care, health care access, housing instability, education access, and so and stagnant wages and so on. And the reason is that we have data. We've got three big things, data coming from the Coalition to End Homelessness and from Uh, the new office that the governor created, which is Wayne Niederhauser's position now, um, coordinating homelessness for the state. Andrew Johnston in my office has, as you know, came from the Salt Lake City Council, but has about two decades of experience in homeless services and social work. And then we have the American Recovery Plan dollars that are coming into the state, the county, and the city, but to a much greater extent at the state. And millions and millions of those are specifically tagged for homeless um, housing connections and greater services. So we've never had this kind of confluence of opportunity coming together. So let's not be intimidated. And that's yeah. part of what this request is, is getting at the systems that affect homelessness and the concentration of it in our capital city. Well, in the coverage of your statement responding to the coalition's call, they made quite a bit, the reporting I saw in our local papers about you're saying, yeah, but other folks need to step up. So what is it Salt Lake City is willing to do? And what is it you want other cities, counties, and the state to do? Right. So we have about 1,500 emergency beds last winter in Salt Lake County. 853 of those were in Salt Lake City. So one of my requests is that as the state, as I'm requesting, hopefully they'll engage with the coalition and the service providers to come up with these new 300 beds My first ask is that they're not all in Salt Lake City, that we start to distribute these resources more equitably throughout Salt Lake County. That therein lies another request, which is that the state use some of their ARPA dollars to help the funding for acquisition of those places, which are probably going to be motels or hotels, and also for the ongoing operations of them. I made another request that the Salt Lake County Council and the state look at uh, prioritizing some of those ARPA dollars, the American Recovery Plan dollars to create a bridge 
Mental Health Crisis Receiving Center. And I say bridge because the Huntsman Institute will be opening a crisis receiving center in 2023, but every single day on the streets of our capital city between today and then we have acute needs. And I think that the systems at large recognize this and we really are excited for 2023 to open up, but we need some help right now. And so we're at calling on those entities to help us with that. We're also asking for the state to help support the downtown ambassador program. And you might have seen these folks on the streets in Salt Lake City or along North Temple, where we recently expanded their operations. Um, they're not police officers. They wear yellow kind of golf shirts and they have walkie talkies and they um, do everything from help visitors in the city find out where they're going and connect with wherever they are trying to get to to uh, naloxone, um, hundreds and hundreds of doses of naloxone have been distributed and helping people experiencing homelessness connect with resources and just keeping an eye on people sometimes when uh, they would be in a crisis receiving center if there were one, but in the meantime, they're on the streets. So we're asking for a lot of funding, but the good news is there is a lot of funding available. I've heard that Wayne Niederazer is also looking at rural options as well, because if you go homeless in your community in one of Utah's other 28 counties outside of Salt Lake County, by and large, you end up in the capital city. That's not to say there aren't growing services in Utah County, in Weber Davis County and such, but by and large, you end up coming to Salt Lake City eventually. So do you think that it's um, crucial to any successful plan to address homelessness that we do it in each county? Yes, and I would even put a finer point on it, Laura, that it's not just if you're outside of Salt Lake County, you're probably going to end up in Salt Lake City. If you're in Salt Lake County, in one of the other cities in Salt Lake County, you're probably going to end up in Salt Lake City. And I've had council members and mayors from cities across the state look me in the eye and say, you know, if we have someone uh, experiencing homelessness who, who presents in our park or on our street, uh, we put them in the back of the cop car and we drop them off in Pioneer Park because that's where the resources are, they tell me. And I think they mean it from a humanitarian place. That doesn't work anymore. It does not work. It doesn't work. And even talking to business owners and outreach workers and volunteers on our streets, uh, the overwhelming sense is that most of the people who are concentrating in the capital city didn't necessarily have their last home in the capital city. So I appreciate that Wayne Niederhauser is focusing on this reality of a statewide crisis that has been concentrated in the central city, St. George, Salt Lake City, and Ogden in particular. Yeah, you know, it sounds like it presumes that if you go homeless, you're done in your community outside of the capital tolerance. city. Yeah, there's really a zero tolerance policy in most of the cities in the state of Utah for on-street homelessness. All right, let's talk ARPA money, American Rescue Plan Act, but also the CARES Act. I understand there's 150 million still sitting with the state from CARES Act money. This seems like pent up money being ready, mm -hmm. but we've seen what happens when we just throw it willy nilly. So right. um, what? how are you going to advocate for this money especially when we've got things like the road home, not the road home, excuse me, the other side academy's tiny village concept moving forward in Salt Lake City um, mm -hmm. with uh, old motels that could be repurposed in Salt Lake City, et cetera. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you bring this up because what I tried to emphasize yesterday and I failed to emphasize so far in this interview is that these emergency beds are 
a, a tiny sliver really in the middle of what we need to do. Um, 300 if, emergency beds, if, 450 right. permanent supportive housing that the coalition wants right away. And we need to get real as a state about the fact that our fastest growing population in the United States of America, which Utah holds, there has been a proportionate increase of those experiencing homelessness along with our population growth. Now we have no plans until this week when the coalition announced this acute 300 number to grow those homeless services. We've got a lot of talk around growing affordable housing throughout the state and the legislature took some action to hold cities feet to the fire who'd basically made affordable housing impossible to build through their zoning. We're starting to address that. But if we only fulfill these 300 beds, which I have, I actually have a lot of confidence that that is going to be able to happen before December. If that's all we do, I'm going to be back in front of a podium in six or eight months asking for more emergency beds. We have to build not only the stability for people who are housing compromised today. By the way, if you are having trouble paying your rent or your mortgage, please call 211. There are still millions and millions of dollars available to Salt Lakers and Utahns to help cover rent and mortgage. But we also have to build that permanent supportive housing. And that's a piece of the data that we're starting to see. 450 permanent supportive units are needed right now in Salt Lake County. Salt Lake City population is only 17% of the total county population. But we're taking on, and we're going to continue to take on more than our you know, fair share as a proportion of the population. But we need other cities to step up. We need the county to step up. And I think that means more focus on affordability and permanent supportive housing. Does the city, does Salt Lake City get any of that money directly into its hands? And then are you able to direct where that goes? Are you at the mercy of the county and the state? No. So, so the, the state received hundreds of millions in ARPA dollars, uh, the county, uh, a portion less than that, and the city and a few other cities, a portion less than that. So we have $87 million over the course of two years. And um, I announced as a part of the suite of announcements yesterday that I will be asking our Salt Lake City Council to dedicate a good portion of our, our ARPA funds to the permanent supportive housing needs right here in Salt Lake City to grow that pool beyond Palmer Court and the Magnolia that we just opened. Mm. You know, people uh, in politics are going back and forth on ARPA, the American Recovery Plan Act, and it's $1.9 trillion price tag. This is one-time money. And I just would like to remind folks that the annual DARPA budget is $3.427 billion. So this is time to invest this money in our community, which is rapidly becoming too costly for renters and home buyers of the middle class. And $5 billion of this ARPA plan is specifically for homelessness services and expanding housing opportunities for those experiencing homelessness, $5 billion across the country. So there, there's a lot of that money tagged here in the state. I know quite a few people, myself included, that are looking at our housing options in the next six months going, I don't know if I can afford to stay in the capital city, the city I love, the city I've lived in for decades. What do you say to those folks about their options and what the city can do to help them? And I'm not talking about those on the high end or those on the low. And I'm talking about that missing middle. Yeah, absolutely. I recognize that. Uh, and I feel that myself, actually, if, if uh, I were to lose my housing, I couldn't probably afford to, to be in this in you know, where I live today by any means. Salt Lake City has an affordable housing plan that attempts to address the missing middle. And the way we're going about that 
is par partially by property acquisition. So the city can, we either own a piece of property or we can acquire one, and then we sell it back at a discount to ensure that the developer might, uh, you know, create that missing middle housing and deeper affordability in housing. Another way we go about it is loans on projects for housing development that may not have an affordability component, but if they want to borrow money from us, they've got to build that into it. So you see a lot of that happening. And we had, uh, we've had about 2,500 affordable units come online in just the last couple of years in Salt Lake City. So I know it. I know it's hard. It's incredibly competitive, um, but either bring us your ideas if you are seeing cool things that other cities are doing to build and preserve affordability know that our housing and neighborhood development team at salt lake city wants to hear from you and in the meantime uh, we're going to keep investing from a land and a loan perspective in the creation of more affordable housing you know talk to me a bit about the the tiny village that the other side academy is doing the innovation district the university of utah just announced and the future of those kinds of projects, because I know as folks age, you want to stay in your community, but you know you want to look around at some more shared options. So I think when the NIMBY folks attack the other side academy and its tiny village, it's really short sighted for where you might end up in not so in the not so distant future, Mayor. Yeah, tiny homes, although the focus with the Other Side Academy through the Other Side Village is on chronically homeless individuals who have said no to shelter of other sorts time and time again. We're breaking a mold in Salt Lake City, really in the state of Utah, on the creation of tiny home villages. There aren't any. Uh, nobody's zoned for them. They haven't been created. And our our very explicit intention is that this is just a way to do it, and there are thousands of other ways to approach tiny home village creation. And I know people from my parents' age to mine and uh, people coming out of high school right now who would love to have something that's theirs, that is affordable, that still allows them to um, you know, travel or spend part of the year somewhere else or be able to get on their feet stably after the breakup of a relationship or the loss of a job. And tiny homes are a way for us to expand housing access through different shapes and sizes of housing that still build community into the fabric of the way they're created. And at, I think at its root, homelessness is a catastrophic loss of family. It's a loss of community. So I think what you're seeing in our approach to addressing chronic homelessness is trying to really build community into whatever it is we're offering people. So, Mayor, what are some milestones coming up or timeline with the city council that is going to move this forward? First, with the other side village, there's going to be an early engagement process, which will entail notice to community councils and the general public and neighbors who are near to that project area. And then there will be a 45 day wait period for the city to hold a meeting, and that could be virtual or in person. You can participate in a number of ways for the community just to hear about what the proposal is in person and give us feedback. Then that will go to the planning commission. They will hold public hearings as well. And whatever their recommendation is, will go to the city council where there will be even more opportunity for public hearings. We're hoping that people like, like you've talked about will see the broad context of what the tiny home village is trying to achieve and the opportunity that it is for housing across a broad spectrum of need for the city as a whole. And the 300 overflow beds needed before winter? 
Yeah, that, that really critical piece of the current need on our streets. We are asking that the state and the service providers and the coalition work together so that there isn't a scramble in December uh, as they have had to go through in the last two winters when Salt Lake City hosted those winter shelters. We wanna see these come online so that we're really prepared to sincerely offer everyone on the street who needs shelter a, a warm and safe bed. Thank you, Mayor Mendenhall. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Check tonight's show notes to a link to all the mayor has been talking about and voice your support when that public comment period comes up. I'm Laura Jones. Thanks for tuning in for the radioactive summer break tonight. Democracy Now! coming up at 7, followed by Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelm at 8, Michelle's Night Train at 10.30, and don't forget John Florence with your brand new day, weekday mornings at 6 only on Listener's Community Radio of Utah. I'm getting on out of here with that Valerie June song, Smile, on KRCL 90.9.